Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's Will. And this is Thomas. We're back at the virtual spinner rack again this week. Uh, this is the pre-show, and then we're just going to get into the book a little later on. Uh, did you get anything new this week? The only thing I got, you were fussing about them online, was my uh, my lovely, the creepy and eerie trade paperbacks. Well, I actually got a third one I brought. Um, They're all dark horse. Because I am seriously curtailing my new purchasing of books, and uh, but I'm still buying trades. So I got uh, Creepy Volume Two, I think it is. Yeah, Volume Two. Because we were talking about these and the quality. So the the paper, and you know, the old magazines were all they were all newsprint. Yeah. And the the dark horse in these is actually printing in a, it's like a heavyweight stock, almost a glossy paper mm. that you can feel. 
um, and then they're printed all the complete magazine. So all the ads, ads and everything, ads, the front covers, the back covers, the you know order this crap, uh, the letters pages. I mean, it is just like you bought the damn magazine. Oh um, yeah. And you know it's so it's a mix of color and black and white, and this to me is one of the best formats. And I mean I'm getting them at a discount, but twenty five dollars, dude. You get five issues in each book. Um, and you know we've talked about some of these guys before in the, uh, you know just oh, you know, yeah. the, the the massive creators that are in here, just a freaking amazing. Um, but well, that's the creepy one. And then this is Eerie Volume 1, another Frank Frazetta cover. Oh, nice. Um, and a uh, lot of Frazetta artwork in this one. He did a lot of the early color covers. Um, but, yeah, same format, everything. Um, only in a, I don't say easier to afford, but easier to afford. Um Mm-hmm. Format. I mean, we've got all our Alex Toth, Steve Ditka, they're all here. Man, it's just a great purchase for 25 bucks. Corbin. Corbin, yeah. Beluda. Yes. Yeah. Well, this goes on. It's like this, it's legendary status on, on everybody that did on this. every freaking issue. Yeah. So the other one I got is, and I've been buying these. Now, these don't have the glossy covers like the Eerie. Yep. They're published from, you know, Dark Horse again. Um, and it's the same glossy paper inside, it feels like. Only all of these are color. And they are be they have been printing all of the EC stuff in these oversized um, collections. So this is Two-Fisted Tales 18 to 23. And dude, they're doing the same damn thing. All ads, covers, yeah. pages, letters, pages. And that's what's up. They found out what what like the actual collectors really want. Yeah, it's like we don't just. Yeah, we love the stories, but we love to see like those old ads. Well, that not only that, even the old letters pages. You read them, see it. I mean, look, oh, dude, yeah. Captain Bull, brutal Captain Bull, art by Wally Wood. There you go. I mean, just freaking, dude, these guys are amazing. Who's doing the art in this one? Um, that's the only thing. I wish they would. They have a introduction on, on all of them, too, mm -hmm. um, or forward. So the forward in here is by Grant Gersman. And they say kind of who's the artist or writer or whatever. But mm -hmm. like a lot of them, and this is, to me, this is kind of sad. But I don't know if you see like, see where it's like number 56. It says uh, decoy writer unknown. So they literally have no idea who wrote that story. They have That's no right. idea who wrote it. No idea who drew it. Um, well, back in those days, it might have been a submission to get a job. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, next thing you know, it's, you know, it's theirs. Yeah. Yeah. It's just gorgeous stuff. So, I mean, I get them there. These are actually cheaper. These are $19.99 a piece versus the $25 or $24.99 for yeah. the creepy and the eerie. But for oh, you, you get them at a discount, though. 
because yes. you're getting them through comic book discount service. Yeah. Go check them out. But um, yes. And the thing is, so I get the discount and for the few bucks it cost me, I think this one was like 14 bucks. It may not even been that. Mm. It was like 30 or 40% off. Yeah. You know, I can't, I could buy two new comics or five of these. You know what I'm saying? Get, get one comic with five in it. I, I would definitely go for that. But which that, is, you know, which is part of the reason why why manga is so big in the U.S. right now, because they can they can spend ten bucks for over a hundred pages to read. You know, everything's shrunken down for the for the format. Yeah. Uh, but they could spend ten dollars to get that, or they could spend six dollars to get like twenty two pages of story. Yeah, one X Men comic or one Spider Man comic. Yeah. And, you know, modern comics and all. So all I got this week, and it just came in today, was uh, a Kickstarter that we both supported from uh, Sinopa Publishing, from uh, Sam Quentin. Uh, and I took it out of the box, so I didn't dox myself this time. Uh, but I haven't unwrapped it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my bubble condom off the books. and. Uh, oh, Lord. I think I just got the regular issue. Which one? Did yeah, you, you just get? got the regular one. I think I got the. I think I got the the special. Boily thing. So we get more bubble wrap. Now I gotta take my eye. Oh, almost poking eye. Gotta take my eyes off so I can see what I'm looking at. Take the tape off. Bing. There you go. Um, there's like a mini print in the back and a hollow foil, uh, magic mushroom, uh, hollow foil sticker. Yeah. Cause she eats the magic mushrooms and that's what causes it. <laughs> oh, they're cool. And this is the mini print of Tibby in the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. You need a separate room to hang these up. <laughs> If, if you're married or who with your girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and I got the, I get the foily cover. <laughs> Is the art all that good inside? Or you so, hadn't looked at it yet. And speaking of Aaron Neff and Mavericks, there is a back page ad for Mavericks. On oh, this sweet. Indie comic. So indie comics, sponsoring indie comics and oh good lord this is just so hot you can't really see it on the camera but it's it's a special kind of cover yes yeah, it's a chromium right yeah it's like some kind of like almost like a 3d foil effect yeah i have to be uh, so Sam Quentin was the writer. Uh, cover artist and colors was uh, Damian Torres. Uh, the title card was uh, James Lee. Sequential art is, is Torres. Interior colors is Dakota Erhan. And lettering was done by uh, Taylor Espinosa. The Trippin' Time Travelers. And... Oh my God. I'm like, oh, I'm hungry and I don't know why. 
<laughs> watch, watch out for them banana, them, uh, them, them plants there. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I just have to do this real quick. Uh oh. Oh God. Already, huh? Yep. That's why they run around the Comics Code Authority people. Mm-hmm. There's there's no full frontal nudity because there's a lot of bubble bath action. <laughs> a lot of bubble bath action. So I actually read this already because as soon as uh, everybody that ordered... Uh, you got the PDF. Physical, yeah, I got the PDF to read like ahead of time. Yeah. This open. And... Uh, so I read it and I'm like, oh man, this is so good. They gotta do a number two, right? Oh yeah. Um Sinopa's got uh they've got the uh like the turtle kind of like animated animals um of the, the story of the 48 Ronin. <laughs> um they've got Tibby, the latest, uh, Reign of Ages, Necroholic, which is about a D&D necromancer that's an alcoholic. Damn it. And I'm like, oh my God, you wrote a book about me. <laughs> Damn it. No, she looks nothing like you. I go, oh, thank God. Thank uh, God. And for years, his publishing company has been doing like third party D and D stuff. Oh, sweet. Uh, and you can actually look them up and uh, they have a, they have a link to uh, a store, like where they get their stuff, where they get the majority of their books printed. Uh, if they're sold out or you want to buy a digital copy for yourself, you can go to this storefront and uh, order it from man. If you want a physical copy, you can order it and they'll just print it up and, and send it to you. Kind of like, you know, same thing Amazon does. Anybody that's got like, you know, digital files on on source for Amazon for their books, they just grab that print file and they print up, you know, they print, you know, make to order. So um speaking of while you're doing while you're talking about uh while you're talking about uh, third-party D&D and stuff, mm-hmm. um, I don't think you've heard this. I'm going to go ahead and put it up here so you can see it. Uh, oh, there's a stupid commercial on it. Let me close this commercial. There you go. I don't know if you say, you've heard this yet. You haven't mentioned it, so I'm going to say no. They are remastering the Teenage Mutant Ninja role-playing game. It's on Kickstarter by Palladium. Wow. With Eastman and Laird. So, this is the one from 85. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, I I remember that book. And, uh, you know, this was also at the same time that... uh, it's like 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, only later. Oh, that, we, <laughs> yeah, um, later we find um, out. Yeah, it hasn't yeah, gone live yet, but they are working on it. Mine was like, is this like a collection of those books that I thought was stupid? It was no, it's a role playing game. Oh, more reading. No, thank you. <laughs> and now I'm like, I would love to play a role playing game if somebody exactly. just tells me what I have to roll for and what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bonus material includes an array of new artwork, never before seen behind the scenes info art, plus remembrances and tributes by renowned comic book RPG creators, including Eastman, Laird, Freddie Williams, Stephen Cummings, Stovey Campbell, and David Prison, and many more. I saw this today and I was like, dude, this I remember playing this game when we were when we were little. <laughs> I mean And then add underneath that Pacetal is a Catan. I still want the Settles of Catan Star Trek edition. I got it on the on the, sh the shelf over there. Okay, well, when you come up to visit me in 20 years in our <laughs> retirement, bring it up so we can finally play it. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> Damn it. Um, so, right now, Matt Wagner, creator of Grendel, and uh, Kelly Jones, the, the master of Macar, behind uh, Batman, Black Rain, Swamp Thing, Sandman Runs, and on and on and on. Uh, yes. Have teamed up. Look at that. Over 94K. Now, they, they did a little thing here because if, if you meet your funding goal on Kickstarter, if you're high enough up in their algorithm, you become a project they love. So this became a project they love because it's Dracula. And it's Halloween. They set their goal at six hundred and sixty-six dollars. <laughs> they ended up after twenty-four hours, uh, way surpassing that, obviously. But they ended up with six hundred and sixty-six backers. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and this just looks amazing. Uh, we have asked. Uh, I did put out a. a an invitation out to uh, out to Matt Wagner. Uh, I've spoken in chats with him before. Super nice guy, and he's created one of my favorite indie things of all time, of course, Grendel, uh, which is soon to be coming to. Uh, if they can ever finish the uh, the actor strike, it, it will soon be coming to uh, Netflix. I oh, think, really? Beginning of next year. Yeah. As far it's... as I know, it's Hunter Rose Grendel. Oh, sweet. It's 94 pages of story and art. Yep. So, and it's not a bad price. Even the, uh, even the flip up from the, uh, you can get it uh, as a PDF if you just want to check it out for $10. Uh, the hardcovers, there's two different hardcovers. One is done by Kelly Jones. Yeah. And the other one is Matt Wagner. Uh, yeah. With his son on colors, and both of them look pretty good. Oh yeah, they look great. Um, you can get both for eighty bucks. Yep, I spent that much last month on Steve Rude's campaign. So, yes, because I got the I got the soft cover that was that we were told in the write up was a hard cover. We'll have to wait to find out. But I also ordered the three hundred page. Uh, Nexus 
hardcover, which quite possibly should probably be the entire Baron Rude run of Nexus from back in the day. Yeah, and that that went like if it's three hundred pages, yeah, it probably that's that's probably about right because they went like 30, 40 issues of them, and then they they had fill in people in there too. Yeah. Um, did you check out the limited edition hardcover, one hundred twenty five dollars, limited to six hundred and sixty six copies? Yep, that's a special folio version, so you get like folios, and we'll go over that. This this trailer is killer, though. Let's take a look. Oh, you got a trailer. All right. Yep. It is said that history is memory enshrined. Some might claim entomb, for history belongs to the bold, the victorious, those who are ravenous for power, no matter the cost. A craving I have manifested for centuries. I am such hunger incarnate. And this, the history that I have won, against countless enemies and across a thousand blood-drenched battlefields. For I am the son of the dragon, Dracula. Bram Stoker's classic novel created arguably the most famous character in all of literature. Yet it leaves many aspects of Dracula's history and persona only hinted at and thus incredibly intriguing and mysterious. This series of books will fill in these tantalizing gaps and provide a more complete and terrifying portrait of one of the most popular literary characters of all time. He had come to me with this great horror idea, stuff I had never thought of, never seen, and I love Dracula, I love vampire lore. Our collaboration here is the culmination of our longtime friendship and an incredible synthesis of our two lengthy and accomplished careers in comics. The joy of working on it is absolutely on every page, every panel. This isn't yet another retelling of the novel in comics form. We're bringing you the never-before-told stories behind the story, the sinister tales hidden in the shadows of the original legend. The heart of Dracula, blood that flows in his veins, it's as much in telling a story as the blood he spills. And in this, he spills a lot. I'm not exaggerating when I say that this project is the magnum opus everything we might have hoped it could be. This is the journey of my brutal life and bloody undeath down through the centuries. The stories never seen. To defeat the godless, one must become godless. Dracula, book one, The Impaler. Right there says it all. Yeah. Because both these guys started off in indie comics. Yeah. Uh, Matt is just legendary for all the stuff. Um, I still have... I still have the original oversized three trades of the first arc of Mage. Oh, really? Granted, one of them is falling apart because I read it so many times and was just like in awe of it going through. And I'm like, oh, what I wouldn't do to have a baseball bat with the power of Excalibur. <laughs> Beat the hell out of some people. <laughs> I might have to take a trip to, uh, never mind. 
But uh, damn, I mean, yeah, the art looks really amazing. But I've always oh, yeah. since uh, my God, since he did. Uh, you remember we've talked. I don't think we've ever done it on the show. We've talked about it. But uh, Dead Man, Love After mm-hmm. Death. Yep. That's like my first experience with Kelly Jones, which was way back in the Dawn's age. Yeah. Uh, and he's been one of my favorites. And his his damn Dead Man is amazing. But his Swamp Thing, I mean, just, you know, Swamp Thing, Sandman, like you were saying, he did so much. Yeah, like off screen, I'm just going to scroll to the bottom and just read what they put up for their bios. Uh, Matt Wagner wrote the, wrote the story. Uh, has enjoyed a career in comics for over 40 years and is best known for one of Comicton's most respected creator-owned titles, the century-spanning epic Grendel, and for his other more personal al- allegory of Mage. As both writer and artist, Matt has also worked on a wide variety of established characters over the years, which include several landmark projects starring DC Comics icon Batman, including the two crossover series with Grendel, of course, which were fantastic. His other mainstream works include Sandman Mystery Theater, which was phenomenal. I still have the original store promo black and white poster for that. Uh, Dr. Midnight, Green Arrow, Trinity, Madame Xanadu, Zorro, Green Hornet, Year One, The Shadow, Year One, The Shadow, Death of Margot Lane, The Spirit Returns, and uh, a crossover with Django and Zorro, which he co-wrote with renowned filmmaker Quentin Tarantino. Matt recently returned to his roots to the pen to the final, uh, the final are in his acclaimed fantasy trilogy, Mage, the Hero Denied, which was insanely good. Really? Uh, I haven't read that one. Uh, that was the latest one. Uh, it's a few years old now. I think I finally have like all the issues. Uh, praise for his character-driven stories and his obvious love of the world, of world history and mythologies. Matt, Matt's efforts have won multiple Eisner Awards. He has also enjoyed the distinction of being one of the only writer-artists to team with his own creation with one of DC's flagship characters and two successive Batman Grendel crossover publications. He continued the same motive in another entirely acclaimed crossover event, writing and drawing Grendel versus the Shadow, which was I didn't know he did a Grendel versus the Shadow. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Jones was born in 1962. I almost said 1662. Sorry, Kelly. Uh, (laughs) Whoopee. That looks good and, for his age. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Uh, as soon as he could recall, was held spellbound by strange things and stories that made him perfect to enter the world of comics and bring shadows and the sense of the unknown to everything he touched. His airy and evocative version of Dead Man, there you go, was an award-winning hit for DC and led him to the legendary run of stories on Neil Gaiman's Sandman, notably uh, Dream of a Thousand Cats, Seasons of the Mist, one of my favorites. Yes. He followed up these with the now classic Batman graphic novel, Red Rain, mm-hmm, wherein Batman confronts Dracula. Dracula. <clears throat> this in the run of stunning covers for Batman and Detective for the Nightfall epic led Denny O'Neill to assign Kelly the monthly Batman title, 
which in three years he he drew it, cemented him as one of Batman's greatest creators and a comic art legend. He has continued his trailblazing style with Swamp Thing with Len Wayne and the award-winning series uh, Batman Kings of Fear and Gotham After Midnight. And now with Dracula, Kelly shows he still walks in the world of shadows and the unknown. Yeah, I loved his, his like I said, I loved his dead man. Um, the other thing, too, talking about going over like Matt Wagner's bio, have you read any of Madame Xanadu, the, the, the series he wrote? Uh, I did when it came out. I don't have it now, but I, it did, I did when it came out because I collected it. Yeah, it was, it's good. It's really good. Um, I don't know if you saw it. I just saw the ad like yesterday. Uh, a little, uh, statue place that you love, uh, called Iron Studios. Yeah. Just released an epic looking John Constantine. Oh, sweet. So this is the Kelly Jones cover. And uh, with colors by Jose Rubia. And this is the Matt Wagner cover. If you couldn't guess. Uh with colors by his son, uh, Brennan Wagner. Write-ups. The art is really good. Yeah. This is just like, yeah. I'm like, hello. Now, there is also a floppy Dracula series going on now. Uh, if you're a fan of James Tinney and the Fourth, that you can also check out. Oh, I didn't uh, know he was doing a Dracula series. Yeah, it's. I think issue one just came out this week. I can't remember uh, what studio it's through. It's going to be like, you know, Boom or IDW or one of those. Yeah. But I mean, this is this is just like a great opening page. The fangs and the moon, the ripped up narration strips. Well, he's writing in his journal. Yeah. So you can get the digital tear, as I like to call it. The Australian variant, because who wants to pay $70 to ship a book to Australia? Uh, luckily, they can get it printed through uh, Amazon in Australia and then have them mail it out. So um, the hardcover tier, uh, the main cover, which is the Kelly Jones cover, $45 plus shipping for a hardcover. It's not bad. For for an independent hardcover, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same price for the variant cover by uh, by Matt, or you can get them both for eighty. Yeah. Now, minus shipping, that's how much I paid for a three hundred page hardcover and the new uh, Nexus trade story that is written up as a hardcover, but says it's a trade paperback. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, this. Limited edition tier of 666 copies. Uh, signed and numbered edition to 666 yeah, copies with original, with a tip-in plate and red foil stamping on the cover. So this is all red foil down here. Um, It'll be shiny. Yeah. Ooh, shiny. Uh, that's just epic. I'm going to just scroll down here because I want to see if they're all sold out yet. Um, 
nope. So far, the 666 tier uh, has 230 backers on it. Okay, so there's still plenty. Yeah. Then there's a limited edition uh, folio and hardcover where you get to pick whatever cover you like. And uh, art folios plus a standard edition of the book, backer's choice of the cover, and you get like these these black and white prints of Kelly's original art. Uh, then there's a limited edition hardcover and folio, which is 315. Uh, so you get the hardcover, the special cover, the, sh the shiny red stuff, the folio, and it's signed, it's assigned a numbered edition too. So, so let's see. Only two people have backed the, uh, the first tier of the folio, the limited edition art folio book. Uh, 35 people have backed the limited edition Dracula book one and art folio. So, I mean, it's, it's going good. It looks amazing. Uh, as of right now, it's at $94,324. And it's uh, got 21 days to go. <laughs> 21 days to go. Uh, 1,186 backers. I've been, I've been sharing the crap out of this. They've been going on, on like podcast after podcast interviews and everything else. So, I mean, I know we're just a small outlet, but we try, you know, we're, we're doing our best and I'm, we will very soon be available to listen to in a podcast format. I've already submitted like the paperwork for it. So, oh, cool. Um, so, I mean, this is just, you know, awesome. It's like, oh, how am I justifying buying this again? I'm like, oh, that's right. When I wait a few more days, it'll be my birthday present to myself. Damn it. My birthday's not in a few days, but it's the month. Back in the day, I would just drink all month. You drank all 12 months. Shut up. <laughs> Oh. <sighs> but we're going to start uh, featuring a, uh, you know, sometimes they might be indie comics, sometimes they might be, you know, mainstream Kickstarters, but we're going to, you know, Thomas and I will will check out like a couple during the week and, and pick one out and we'll feature it on the show. So you get to check out, you know, new books that, you know, aren't, you know, destroying legendary status like... Uh, Dare I say, uh, Alan Scott? Hey, Alan Scott, hey. Green Lantern. <laughs> Alan Scott, the Gay Lantern. Oh. oh my God! I think they're going to do a crossover with Zero the Gay Blade. <laughs> Too bad they was it after the one issue they put Alan Scott's boyfriend in the in the fridge. Oh, that was. Uh... Yeah, that was basically stealing from the Kyle Ray Rayner story. Let's just do the same thing again. Yeah. Nobody's still reading the script. He died in a car wreck or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a train a train wreck, I think. Something. He was saved because uh, the lantern ring found him. Hey, Alan. We're covering your request tonight for Amazing Spider-Man 101. Yeah, we didn't know if Alan was going to make it at night. He's watching the uh, he was watching the Southern game. 
the Southern game. Yeah, Georgia Southern. Okay. Alan Pelley. Alan Pelley for Georgia Southern. Oh. Watching his alma mater game. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Throw that book up here. Ah. Thomas is like, I forgot what we would do when you were just running your mouth so damn long. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Ba-bum. Still 15 cents, if only. Yeah, classic ass cover. Oh, yeah. Dude, everybody wants this book. <laughs> everybody wanted this book. This book was so hot, you know, even in like the 90s. Yes. Um. And, uh, oops, must have been a good play. Alan just disappeared. <laughs> He'll come back and watch it later. <laughs> uh, I remember I got, like, the, the reprint. They would do, like, the Silver Age reprints back in the day. DC and Marvel both did them. Yes. Some of uh, those so are I, worth money now. Yeah, because somebody decided that uh, when they release a, uh, what are they calling them now? The reprints, facsimile. like the, the facsimiles. When yeah. they release the facsimiles, it goes, everything is the same. It's just another printing of it. So people will go into the store, they'll grab the whole stack, try to buy the whole stack, and then go list them on eBay for 25 bucks a piece. I noticed that that started happening with uh, New Mutants 98 when they reprint when they did the facsimile of that. Yeah. They weren't saying it was a facsimile or a reprint. Reprint in the write-up, they were just listing it as Deadpool's first appearance. Yeah. And they were selling him anywhere from 25 to 50 and on. And I'm like... Nope. I buy like, a lot of the... Uh, I buy a lot of the facsimiles when they when they drop, especially if I'm interested in them, mm -hmm. just as placeholders. So that one day if I get one, an original, I don't have to read it, you know, I can read it the one time and put it up and know I got it. And if I want to read it again, I got a, I got a placeholder. Mm -hmm. One day when I win the lottery. Exactly. You know, then you come home and be like, baby, I won the lottery. He goes, I'm leaving you and taking all the money. Okay, here's a dollar. <laughs> I only hit for two. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but yeah. Amazing Spider-Man 101. Um, this is actually when uh, this during Gil Kane's run. Yeah. Um, I can't remember when he started because you had, I mean, of course, Ditka and then uh, Ramita came on right after that. And then Ramita was probably, I'm going to say to the I don't, 90s, late 90s or something. Yeah. Issues 90s or something. And then uh, then it was, it, then it was Kane. And Kane drew it for a while. Um, and then, was it after Kane? It was Ross Andrew, if I think. A little bit, yeah. Uh, but I love Ross Andrew. So, yep. Amazing Spider-Man 101, 15 cent, a monster called Morbius. Fool, it will take more than a freak with six arms to stop a vampire. So, we got a, a hol uh, holiday uh, Halloween issue in after all yeah uh, i miss this so much and i know it's not much but the new conan does it 
Yeah. Um, just the the, and I don't say it's making fun of each everybody because you know it's Stanley editor, you know editor Imperius, Roy Thomas, stand-in scripter, Gil Kane, artist as usual, Frank Gaikona, uh, Artie Smack. You know, all persons interested in further details may apply to the bullpen <laughs> bulletins page elsewhere in this issue. We've got a story to tell. <laughs> um, and I know it's not much, but it's just everything in the world is so serious. And it just seems like that little bit of levity just helps everything. Yeah. I mean... And I mean, you can have, you still tell a serious story. This is actually a really serious story. I read it this morning before I had to go to work. Um, that's why we were a little later today, y'all. I had to, I had to go and slave away, but I'm done. Uh, and uh, the thing is, is it's just, it's a really serious story, but it's told, dude, it, it reads so fast. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, monster called Morbius. He says, "Yep, that's our title, and we'll get around to justifying in a page or three. But just now, our friendly neighborhood wall crawler is feeling pretty monstrous as usual. So we did not read the issue before, so this is a continuation from one one hundred. But Spider Man has taken some kind of freaking chemical to try and take his damn spider powers away, and instead he screwed up, and it's made him." have more arms, more spider powers. <laughs> yeah. And so then, now, now he looks like a spider, but he can't control his arms either. No, they're flopping around. And he's like, I wanted to change forever, but not like this. You know, and the thing is, is it's, this is classic Peter to me. You know, I, I drank it even though it was untested. You know, first, you know, at first I thought this was always a nightmare, but it really wasn't. I got six arms. Instead of the serum did the opposite of what it's intended. So, so, yeah, already in the dream sequence classic from the last issue, Incredible Stan. I've become more like a spider than ever. Uh, he, he can't even use them when Mary Jane's out of town because he can't control the damn things. Yeah. And the uh, thing is, is he's, he immediately, just like everybody else, he starts talking about one, you know, this is cool. I don't know if you've read Kafka, but he talks about this is, you know, I've become a character in a tale by Kafka. You know, I've got to give this little saga a happy ending. And he just starts getting damn depressed, like immediately, because he knows he's screwed up. Um, yeah. And, he, and later on, you see that he's having nightmares about this because... Yes. Everybody's going to know who he is. What are you going to do when Peter Parker shows up with six arms? With a picture of Spider-Man with six arms on the front cover. <laughs> yeah. Or, bless it, poor Aunt May in her heart. Mm -hmm. Dude, this, is, this was rough. I don't remember him and Gwen having, like, outs at one time. Having, it, having a breakup. Because of, yeah, this, because of this the six-arm thing. This is a damn breakup, pretty much, yeah. She calls him, and, um, you know, of course, he's uh, upset, you know, and then he's immediately, you know, was, you know, there's Ed Sullivan making fun of me. He's just trying to make light of the situation, but he's really upset. Whoever it is, you know, well, I got to find out, and he picks it up, and it's Gwen, you know, and she's like, hey, buddy, you know, um, She's like, I'm going to be the liberated woman here. I'm going to treat you to the R-rated flick of your choice. So she's going to take him to, 
you know, a horror movie, movie or whatever. Yeah, spicy movie. You know, I should warn you, you know, I've so she's already seen Love Story, and I got Kleenex. We can sit through it again. Um, or we could take in I'm Curious. Um, I've never heard of that movie. There's, there's a good chance that it just made up for the book. It could be. Yeah, you could be, you could cover my eyes during the spicy parts. And then he's like, you know, Gwendy, I got to, look, I got to be frank with you. Uh, I'm going to be out of okay, town Frank. for a mile. Yeah. Maybe a long while. And she's like, Peter, you sound strange. Did I do something? Uh, and then he like doesn't miss a beat. He's like, why have you had a guilty conscience? I got to go. Oh. Dude, he's, he's like, he's so mad. He's pushing his, he's pushing everything out of his system and basically, you know, impeding blame on other people too. Yes. He's throwing it on Gwen hard. Um, you know, she's like, I understand. I won't bother you any longer. Goodbye. And she hangs mm. up and, you know, he's like freaking out about it. He's like, what did I just do? Yeah. And now here's your, here's his, his dream sequence or, or he's fantasizing about, you know, you know, the power of the extra arms when he gets used to them, but, you know, no one can stop him. But then he's like, you know, what about Aunt May? The moment she learns the horrible truth with her bad heart, you know, she could die. Um, you know, and then, you know, he says, you know, then thou finally become the monster that J. Jonah and the Bugle have been saying I had been for years. Yeah. Um, and that finally there he is, you know, He's just still so damn depressed. And the phone rings again. Now he's like, who the hell is it now? You know, it's just some, you know, maybe it's just an obscene phone call. Somebody I don't love that I have to, you know, tell to kiss off. And uh, it's damn J. Jonah Jameson and Robbie. And they want him to go down and take pictures of a bank robbery. Uh, uh, they need some pics. They have nobody there. And uh, Robbie's trying to get him down there, you know, uh, hey, um, no problem. We, you know, don't even regulars. It's a forearm thing. And he talks to him and Spider-Man tells him, hey, I can't do it. Um, it's the middle of the night. And Robbie's like, yeah, I understand. I, I understand. But Jay Jonah has, dude, no freaking whatever. Um you know, what the hell is it? You know, he's he's got troubles. You know, he's a damn laughing stock. He should get up and get, you know, get used. But Robbie knows this is out of character for Peter. Um, and that's kind of cool. You see, Petey's always seemed to be a lad who can take care of himself. But in a world like this, anything can happen. Parker worries me. Um, so, yeah, he's... he, he and Robbie even actually says, hey, we'll get somebody else to go down there and get pictures. Don't sweat it. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jonah just, you know, he, he doesn't give crap. He leaves. Yeah, um, so just Jonah. So Peter Parker's still trying to figure out how the hell he can get out of town because he's got to get somewhere where nobody will see him and he can figure this crap out. Mm -hmm. Um. And then he finally realizes that Connors, Dr. Kurt Connors, the lizard, if you don't, haven't read Spider-Man, uh, has another house out on Long Island. So he's like, hey, look, I'll go out. I'll call Kurt Connors. We'll be able to go out to the house. So he calls Kurt. And I love this. Kurt Connors is like, Spider-Man, you say? 
whoever you are, but I don't buy that. Why would Spider-Man be calling the Everglades? And Peter just, he's, dude, he's so straightforward there, but he's just being, a, I don't say an ass, but it's like I don't have any time, Doc. Besides, who besides Spider-Man knows you're the creature called the lizard? Yeah, I thought that'd do it. Something happened to me, Doc, like an accident that turned me into a monster. I need a place to stay. And you recalled I once mentioned my place in the South Hamptons. Is that it? Well, you've helped me too often. So he tells him, the key's under the damn mat. The door's locked. You know, it's got a fully equipped lab. If there's anything else I can do, just let me know. So um, with that in mind, he heads out. You know, after he loads his damn, uh, you know, what little bit of cash he's got and uh, his suitcase. And he heads out toward the South Hamptons. Um, but yeah, he, this where he's talking about his arms flailing around. He can't control. Them. He actually loses his balance on the damn webbing and yeah. slams into a wall. Cause the extra weight and, uh, everything else. Yeah. It's throwing you his know, timing the, off. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's got, and he's trying to get out of town by sunup too. Cause he doesn't want anybody to see him. And then he, you know, Toward the end of the day, you know, the sun's starting to come up. He says, good thing I, anyhow, I'm a fast learner. With every block, I'm gaining more muscle control over these excess members of mine. Um, so he's actually gaining control over the arms, and it's it's helping him now. But uh, he gets to the, I guess it's the bridge there, and he hops on the damn train and rides it out to uh, Long Island. And then he manages to jump off. And then it wasn't doesn't take him long, but he finds the house because it's on the beach, um, and it's all boarded up. He talks about it looks like damn Alfred Hitchcock's uh, the house in Psycho. Um, it's hardly a haunted house. Oh, so remember when we did it last week? We were talking about characters uh, talked up, talked about. Yeah. Um, I forgot. Did you you the Batman the, thing? Yeah. Yeah, the Batman thing. Yeah, it is. Where's where was it at? Yeah, right here. Yeah, funny pulp fiction and mask here is always looking for a gimmick. Go strike terror into the hearts of evildoers. The shadow Batman. There was even a guy called the Spider once. So yeah, the Spider is a pulp character from the forties. Yes. Yep, that, I've got a bunch of Spider stuff. Speaking of the aforementioned Doc Horse, that's where that character's been for like the last number of years. Yeah. Uh, Timmy, Timothy Truman did a couple spider, uh, trade, uh, trades and collections. Yeah. And, uh, the spider was also part of that awesome Alex Ross series called masks where mm -hmm. it was all the pulp characters. Oh yeah. Spider, yeah, yeah. Shadow, black terror, uh, all black terror, green Hornet and Cato, all that stuff. It was great. The first series was great. The second series was just okay. It was kind of like, you know, it was kind of like a Baywatch. Uh, you just ignore the words and flip through and look at the, the pretty Alex Ross art. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good gosh. <laughs> so right. back back with Spider-Man now that we uh, we've missed, uh, we got past that part. Um, So he knows the house is all bundled up. This is Connor's house. He finds the key and then heads in. Um, You know, so he's, you know, gets in the house. But right before he goes in, he's like, my damn spider sense is going crazy, but there's no one here. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, 
it says, uh, maybe it's not the house at all, which has birthed that eerie spine chilling sensation, but the strangely become vessel, which lies ominously at anchor less than a mile from shore, a ship in turmoil, a vessel in the throes of fear and dark despair. Um, so they're having a damn meeting on the, you know, the deck of the ship. Uh, somebody's kind of like come up dead. <laughs> uh, we're, we're out here rotting. We should be in harbor. Where's Captain Bloom? Uh, Captain's dead. He bought it last night. Dead? How do you know? Yeah. Uh, but Whitey, how'd it happen? Don't be a blasted fool. We all know it was him. It was the guy in the hole. Who else could it be? We've had nothing but bad luck in vanishing crewmen ever since uh, we found him in the drift in the middle of the ocean. I say let's drag him topside and beat the truth out of him. So they decide to head into the damn hold which and confront the guy that they found floating in the ocean. And since they found him, people have been missing, going missing, or coming up dead. They yeah. get down there. Or- Orbius has a nose like a pug. Yeah. Yeah. Or I always wonder why they head. drew his damn nose like that. Just to just to show like the contortion of the face, like more vampiric, more more bat like. Maybe that's that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Or maybe man bat like. Could be. Uh so they get down in the damn hole and they're like, oh, there he is. You know, he's just like, go back. I just want to get to shore. I don't want to hurt you. Um, did you hear that, mates? He doesn't want to hurt us. And they attack him all of them and they they start beating the hell out of him but they're like you know we keep pounding away um but it's not really hurting him holding down so he's trying to break free and he does he's like you know i am free he breaks you know he breaks free and jumps away even at half power because you know during the daylight his 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 strength is very diminished so yeah now i was gonna say one thing here um they say, uh, yeah, cripes, this guy moves like he's half asleep and we still can't put a dent in him. And then after he knocks the dude out and hops up, they're like, stop him. He moves like a blasted streak of lightning. So is he moving like he's half asleep or like a damn streak of lightning? Yeah. Um, but what's cool is Morbius actually says, you know, he, he says here, you know, the, the blind fools. If they knew how slow my movements seem to me. So he's yeah. having to slow down to just deal with them. Just because of the time the, the time of day, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, how heavy his arms are and everything. So he hauls ass, manages to get up to the damn uh the top of the ship, and then he finds a place to like sequester away and he hides. Mm-hmm. And of course they search for him, but I it is a boat, people, but they, they can't obviously have searched very well unless he moved because they never find him. But when night comes, you know, he he comes out in his damn uniform, um, you know, to ease a moment's anguish, I ne- uh, surrendered myself to tender mercies. And he needs to eat. And, of course, he eats the damn first dude he sees, which is whoever this guy is. Good Lord. Uh, you know, your blade, uh, your belaying pin won't stop him. Why are you looking at me that way? And he eats him, drinks his blood anyway. Um, and then he takes out the damn whole crew, the rest of them. 
uh, once that's done, he jumps in the water. I can't remember. I didn't. I couldn't remember if vampires could swim or not. I'm not even going to touch that one. Oh my god! <laughs> I'll tell you that joke that popped in <laughs> off the air. Uh, oh. So he he jumps in the water and the basically he's carried to shore from the undertow. It could be. I think it says it like, uh, like in that top panel. Yeah, it, it washes him ashore. Okay, but given yeah. time and tide, the foaming ocean washes all things toward the waiting shore. Thus, it soon rid of the mystery shrouded Morbius. So, and it mysteriously washes him ashore at Kirk Connor's house. Yep. Um. And, of course, you know, the sun's starting to come up, so he makes a beeline for the damn belfry and uh, gets in his nice little coffin pose and goes to sleep. Um, and while he's asleep now, Spider-Man, who's been working for two days, people, trying to come up with a damn formula to reverse his transformation um, and not finding anything. He's just wasting damn chemicals. Mm -hmm. um this one's just as useless as another like the rest of my life so he's all getting depressed again uh <clears throat> um but then you know he finally you know he's just he's not had it and uh the sun starts to go down and morbius is now up and he goes down in the basement he's like what manner of place is this a man has six arms his costume is familiar i can't remember it doesn't matter nothing matters except for the ravaging thirst so Morbius, my hunger exactly jumps on him because he's damn hungry um of course him and spider-man get into a big ass fight here which is kind of cool um spider-man's finally starting to get to use his arms uh is it here maybe another page down um that that bottom panel this one yeah yeah so he's like yeah the teeth are like animals gleaming his costumes a version of the vampire but get this get him off this wall crawl he's just in the garden variety super villain out to build a rep by beating up spider-man no he's just there because he's hungry um but morbius just still keeps going at him and finally uh, beats the hell out of him and knocks him down and when he does, he actually goes to feed on him. But as he's going to feed on him, <clears throat> Kurt Connor shows up because he's coming to see why the hell Spider-Man needed to come to his house and if he could help him. Yeah. And, of course, Morbius just turns around and attacks Kurt now that he walks in there. Um, and Kurt sidesteps him. He's like, you know, whoever you are, get away from me. I don't know. You don't know what could happen to me if, I did not know this crap. So I, yeah, I didn't remember, you know, um, <clears throat> Kirk Connors transforming like the Hulk into a lizard. No, I did not. So I'm trying to, uh, I was like, what the hell? No, it's too late. Yeah, the excitement, the fear is changing me again, changing me into the lizard. And uh, of course, Morbius is like, lizard man, you know, stay away from the chosen victim of Morbius. Spider-Man's my enemy. Mine must be the hand that kills him. And, of course, Peter wakes up and he's like, oh, God, no. And this is the end of part one.
Congratulations, Alan. You did a will. <laughs> you, you picked, picked a, a book in the middle of a story. <laughs> picked a book in the we movie. didn't see him grow the six arms. He just had the six arms. Yep. Now the conclusion to this story is in ASM 102. It's a double-sized issue. Yes, double-sized. The first double-sided. The, the first double-sized issue of Spider-Man. Uh, I always thought 100 was a double-sized issue. Was it? Maybe it was. I can't remember, but yeah, they say double size issue. Um, dude, I read this so fast this morning, and it's it's still fresh in my head. It was such a good read. I mean, this is why this is a classic. Mm -hmm. um, art's great, but I mean, Gil Kane is amazing. Um, and, you know, and I've read some lists where they put him up there, you know, like they do the top 10 comic artist, you know, and Kane is always like number four or five on there. You know, he really deserves to be that high to me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I deserve to be high too, but instead I'm just here. You're just there. <laughs> I'm just here. Um, <laughs> I mean, they always put Kirby as number one and then usually like yeah. Dick, Dick at number two, but I don't, I don't think Dick needs to be at number two. I mean, I, I would put him much farther down the list. Um, probably five or six at least. Um, mm. But that's me. Um, but, I mean, Kirby has to be number one. Adams would probably be number two or three to me. Adams changed the way freaking comics were done. People yeah. just don't realize it. Or they do now. Some people do. But they didn't realize it at the time. No, this was a great issue. Yeah. So next week, it'll be November 2nd, but we're going to do our Halloween special then. Yeah. How much was already picked out an issue? Uh, what uh, was it? Tales, Tales of the Crypt 32? Yeah, I think it was. One with the elephant on it. Um, some EC classics. I don't think we've ever read an EC book on here. We I read. We might have done one like in the first year. Yeah, we did. I, I know we did a, an EC story, um, but that was because it was uh, the uh, when we did the Frank Frazetta one I picked out. Mm -hmm. Frazetta also did an EC story, one of the many he did. Um, so, <clears throat> but I've got it and I'll get it over to you. But yeah, that'll be our Halloween book. Good old horror stuff. And don't forget to go check out the Kickstarter for uh, Dracula the Impaler, Volume 1, by Matt Wagner and Kelly Jones. You can follow Matt Wagner on Twitter slash X at Matt Wagner Comic, and you can follow Kelly Jones on the same platform at Kelly Jones Art. And don't forget to check out other places you can watch us on at the link tree. I've got my kick.com listed there, but until I master OBS... I can't put anything on there because everything has to be done through OBS on that site, unfortunately. Oh Lord! So, so I've got a kick. I've got a kick.com. Uh, I will probably never use it. <laughs> Damn it! But you can watch replays on on Rumble, Odyssey, and Minds. Uh, it's shared on certain groups on Facebook, and uh, share it there. But we don't live stream there because uh, I hate Facebook. They basically battle anything that's not their own 
you know, property. So since they don't own StreamYard, they make it as difficult as possible for you to use StreamYard on their platform. Really? Yeah. You got to go through. It just, I go, it's too much work. I'm like, no. You got to make an event and then you got to post it. And if you're like one second late for the time that you're supposed to launch, uh, it won't, it just kicks you out and won't let you stream there. And yeah. Like, no. I go, I'll just share it there and people can watch it afterwards. So. But that's going to wrap it up for us this week. We'll be back next week after Halloween for our yes. official Halloween stream. After Halloween, yep. Because we got we got stuff to do. But until then, at Rage the FU and read a comic. Yep. <laughs>